So I want to talk today about the power of resilience in Joseph's life. I, I want to say I am very aware in my life of setbacks, times where I had dreams and, and I had hopes, and I know that's where you guys are. There's been times in your life you had a big dream. There was a big hope in your heart. It was like, man, this is big expectation. We're going to do this thing. And it didn't quite work out the way you thought. Maybe it was in a business venture. Maybe it was in a relationship or some hope and dream in your heart. And man, you started out well. And there was this, this great kind of, I don't know, this momentum and things shifted. You're like, man, what happened? I, uh, I graduated. It's interesting. I kind of did some things backwards. I went to college first, and then I went to Bible school after that, and then I went to seminary after that. And so usually people that are in ministry, they'll go to like Bible school first, and then you, you complete college. And then so, so I did some things a little bit backwards. And my fourth year of, or actually my fourth semester in Bible school, it's two years, but your fourth semester is a lot of pressure about like what you're going to do. Matter of fact, people, I mean, they're passing out business cards, you know, and just like, I'm going to do this. And so I'll never forget, I had this conversation with this guy. And, and I asked him, I said, man, what are you going to do? He goes, man, I, I, God has called me to be a prophet to France. That's amazing. A prophet. I'm like, dude, that's like high level. And, I, and this other friend of mine, his name's Jason. This guy is incredible. And I asked you, I said, Jason, man, what, what are you, you going to do? He goes, man, God has called me to be, be an apostle to Mexico. Apostle? That's like, like top of the food chain. I didn't know they're still doing that. Are you serious? You're an apostle. He's a prophet. Steve, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm still praying about it. Which basically means I have no idea. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? That's a good way to say, I don't know. I, I moved back to New Orleans in 1993, 30 years ago. I'm, tw I'm 24 at the time. And uh, I, I started work. Matter of fact, our church didn't have the resources at the time to hire me. And I, I just wanted to be a blessing and help. And so I'm serving full time. I'm, I'm waiting tables during the day. I did start seminary. And, I, and I, I was cleaning office buildings on the weekend. And i never forget when I was waiting tables and this, this, this group of guys came in during Mardi Gras. And, and I'd gone to school with them at, at college and this one particular guy and he was he was in medical school at Vanderbilt University and we went to Tulane together and we were friends and his dad's vice president of American Express I mean, he's a powerful guy and family and the whole thing and so I remember he comes and sits at the table and and I look at him and I said hey man I said uh, I said can I get y'all something to drink and he looked at me and he goes Steve what are you doing here man I thought you went and became a priest let me ask you a question. How do you tell a guy he's not saved, he doesn't have a biblical worldview? Oh, no, brother, God has me here building character on the inside. <laughs> he doesn't get that. Big dreams, big hope, call the ministry, and yet, yet I felt like it was a setback. How many times in your life has God spoken to you or you saw a possibility and it didn't happen the way you thought? The quality of resilience. Now, the word resilience is not in the Bible, but the concept's all over the Bible. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 37. I want to look at Joseph. Joseph went through setbacks. He went through disappointments. 
and letdowns on the road called life. By the way, sometimes these challenges can be very painful. And maybe that's where you are right now. You're, you're kind of in between the, the hope and the dream and the present reality. You, you have the, the dream, but your present reality. And there's such a gap. The question is, what do you do? There's a quality. There's a quality that the Bible talks about. It's, it's, it's not mentioned by way of terminology, the word resilience, but it's the quality. What is it? How did Joseph have it? Can I grow in it? The answer is yes, yes, yes. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And this is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha and his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to them, to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And also he made him a tunic of many colors. Matter of fact, some of you guys, you've maybe seen paintings or you've heard about it. The coat, the coat of many colors is a beautiful coat that, that, that Jacob, his name is Israel, was, was, he gave it and he placed it on his son Joseph. The coat many colors. Powerful. The Bible says he not only loved him, but he, he placed this coat, this tunic of many colors on him. But when his brothers saw that, his father loved him more than his brothers. They hated him. It wasn't as much that his father just loved him, but then he put a coat on him. But then it goes up another level. They hated him and they could not they didn't want to be peaceful with him at all. Now Joseph had a dream. Oh my gosh. His father loves him. His father put a coat on him. Now the guy has a dream from God. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. Verse six and seven, Joseph goes on to share with his brothers how one day, here's the dream, there's this sheaf and in and, and agricultural term, there's this thing that's lifted up. Oh, and that's Joseph. And guys, guess what? In my dream, all of y'all kind of bowed down and kind of worked for me. How I many you know it's probably not wise if you're 17 to tell your older brothers one day you're going to own the family business and you're all going to work for me? Probably not wise. So his father loves him. His father puts a coat on him, and the guy has a dream from God. Verse 19 and 21, and they said to one another, look, this dreamer's coming. Yeah, look at our little brother, the, the one that has the dream that we're all going to work for him. Here he comes. I know what we'll do. Look, this dreamer's coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him. Cast him into some pit, and we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Wow. A little bit of backstory. Joseph was the eldest son of Jacob and Rachel, and he was the favorite of Jacob. Why? The Bible says because he was the son of his old age. And all of his brothers saw this. All of Joseph's brothers saw that, man, dad loves him. Dad favors him. Now dad gives him a coat. And now he's got a dream. I mean, everything's going for Joseph. Dad's love, dad's coat, God's dream. Unfortunately, he tells the dream to his brothers. His brothers didn't like it at all. And his brothers one day conceived, you know what we're going to do? i tell you what we'll do. Let's dig a pit. Let's throw him in there. Let's kill him and throw him in. And the last moment, wait, time out. We don't want to do that because then maybe somebody's going to find a, a bloody coat and we're going to get busted. Ah, 
There's some slave traders. Take him out of the pit. Quick, get him out of the pit. There's some, let's sell him into slavery and let him go down to Egypt. And then his dream will never be realized. Yeah, that's what we'll do. A father's love, the coat of many colors, and a dream from God. By the way, a recipe for influence and adversity. God gives you a dream in your heart. God puts something in your life. God, God, God speaks to you through his word. Through his, by the way, God still speaks through dreams and visions. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, Peter, when he spoke on the day of Pentecost, he said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And I'm going to speak to people through, yes, the written word of God, the plumb line of all truth. But he also speaks through dreams and he speaks through visions. And God spoke to this young man. Oh, and it was a recipe for great impact, for great influence, but great adversity. How many times in your life when God has spoken to you, big hopes, big dreams, big trouble, big trouble. Joseph was a young man with big hopes in his heart. God wants to move him. So God gives him a dream. And often when God wants to move us from one place to the next place, he'll speak to us. He'll give us a word. He'll give us a scripture. He'll give us an inner witness from the Holy Spirit, a prophetic word, a dream, a vision. Why? Because God wants to bring you from here to there. And by the way, God wants to do that with all of us. God, how does God move us? God speaks to us to bring us from one place to another place. But incipient within that moment is, watch us, influence and always adversity. God called Paul to be a great apostle, great influence, but great adversity. God called Abraham with the dream to be a father, great influence, but great adversity. It's a twin theme that runs throughout the Bible. Why do we freak out when it happens to us? God speaks to people in the Bible. God speaks to people today. God speaks to you. God will open your heart and open your mind and, and, and he'll breathe one of his scriptures into your heart. He'll breathe the Holy Spirit will witness to your heart. It's like great influence. Oh, great adversity. Maybe that's where you are right now. Big hopes, big dreams, big trouble. The reality is for Joseph, like all of us, there was an opportunity for him and a challenge for him to possibly give up on his dream. Because when you get hit by life, great influence, great adversity. Great possibilities, great problems. There's that moment where all of us can give up on our dream. I want to talk to you today about Joseph and this quality within him that caused him year after year after year to not give up on his dream. Number one, don't give up on your dream. Number one, even if you didn't start off well. Joseph made some youthful mistakes. He gloated over his dream. He lacked discernment. He told his brothers they're all going to work for him. And there was the attendant persecution attached to that. Uh, again, you can only imagine in your mind the things that his brothers must have thought that day coming to work. Is this the day? Is this the day when we got to call him boss, sir? Is this the day it's going to happen? Well, you can only imagine the building agitation in his soul, in their souls. And watch this, and the worrisome sense that Joseph must have felt as they began to eye him with contempt. Okay, yeah. 
you're the guy, you really think this? Joseph not only was thrown into a pit, but then was sold into slavery. What was the quality? Can you imagine the day when Joseph is on that wagon, presumably on on some wagon, as he's going to Egypt thinking, God, what about the dream? Maybe that's where you are right now. You're you're in some other mode of transportation, and you're going somewhere, and every day, watch this, guess what? You move further and further away from the possibility of the dream coming to pass. Wow. Don't give up on your dream, even if it didn't start well. There was a quality of resilience that was in Joseph. Resilience, what is it? Resilience is the ability to withstand adversity and to bounce back. Everyone say bounce back. To bounce back from difficult life events. And sometimes there's a long time. There's a long time from the initiation, the birthing of that dream. Just in the same way, biologically, the, when, when, when a woman gets pregnant, there's a, there's a gestation period. There's a development what, of the baby growing. There's a nine-month period. In the same way, in the same way, God speaks. God, God plants the desire. God plants the dream. But there's a process. Don't give up on your dream in the process to seeing it fulfilled. I... Um, I remember as a young pastor, I um, said some things that I regret. Matter of fact, there is a fine line, and I want to say this to all of our location. There is a fine line between enthusiasm and arrogance. Can I have a big amen right there? there there's a fine line. I, I was a young, fired-up pastor, excited, you know, just full of fire and excitement in the call of God. And, and I'll never forget, early on, I went to a pastor's meeting, you know, and and I was talking to them, and, and again, my heart, I felt, was right. I was just excited, and we're going to do something great for God, and all these big things. And, and little did I know that the way the tone and the tenor, and actually the content was coming off and being perceived by everybody, that, that well, what you're trying to say, Steve, are you saying that nothing has been done for God, and you and Church of the King are now the answer? I got a call from one of the guys after, there's a friend of mine, he goes, Steve, I know you didn't mean this, but boy, the way it came off. Wow. How many times have we made a youthful mistake, watch this, watch this, a legitimate mistake, and, and, and it made us back off from the dream? You know what I found in my life? I made a mistake is different than I am a mistake. Because the fact is, sometimes we can label and we can tag somebody when they're young because of a mistake. It could be a sin. It could have been a judgment of error. error it could, but but, but we, be, be careful. Be careful with the young. Be careful at any age that we don't label somebody and put a, watch this, a period on their name when they make a mistake. And by the way, look at you, everybody look at me. This is important. And don't do that to yourself. Number one, don't give up on your dreams even if they didn't start off well. Number two, the second thing that I see here is don't give up on your dreams even if your family doesn't support it. Joseph's family definitely didn't understand his dreams, particularly his brothers. Once again, Joseph probably shouldn't have shared that memo from heaven. Probably should have just kind of held it back a little bit. Build a little rapport, Joseph. Come on, stay in the game a little bit longer. But nonetheless, his family reacted harshly, inordinately, 
And, um, and we know what took place. By the way, that, that should not surprise us. Our Lord himself said that. And, and listen, sometimes good people, good family members, well-meaning family members that even love God. But here's what I found out. Just because somebody loves God doesn't mean that they have God's plan for your life. Jesus himself said, Matthew chapter 13, verse 57, a prophet is not without honor, except, except in his own town and in his own home. Jesus is speaking about familiarity. You know the word family, by the way, the word familiar and the word family, family expands to familiar. It's taken from the word familiar, family. And oftentimes we get familiar with those that are around us in family. In other words, we don't see, listen, we see their weaknesses, but we fail to see their strengths. You know how that is. The closer you get to anybody, it's like you're going to see really who they are. Now, hopefully, what we say and what we do, there's a consistency where there's not a huge gap. But nonetheless, we're not perfect. Nobody is. I'm not. And family's an interesting thing. It's wonderful. Blessing. It's awesome. But ultimately, you're accountable to God and what God says. I never forget. I, I love my parents, and, and they come to church at the Little Creek campus, and I never forget. I, I, was, I was in college, and my dad's an attorney, so I was kind of taking that trail, and I was like, maybe I'll do that. There was another guy mentoring me in business. I maybe I'll, I'll go to graduate school in that. And I, and I remember junior year, you got to take your LSAT, right, if you're going to go to law school. And so at your entrance exam, and I remember sitting my parents down, and, and I sat him down. I said, listen, I just want to talk to you all. I just want to share this with y'all. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish college. I just want to let you know I'm going to finish college. But I'm, I'm not going to go to law school. I'm, going to, I'm actually I'm going to go be a preacher. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm called to be a preacher. And I'll never forget. And I love my parents. I got to qualify that. Did y'all get that? But i never forget my mom just putting her, she just put her head in her. She went, oh, my God. My son is going to be so poor. Oh, gee. Now, remember, they prayed for me for seven years to get saved. I guess I got oversaved. I don't know. You know, two saved, double shot saved. I remember she goes, can't you just be like a, like a, just lead a Bible study? I mean, do you really have to do the preacher thing? Again, I love my parents, and they're wonderful, and they prayed for me. But don't give up on your dream, even if your family doesn't understand it. Yeah. Number three. Don't give up on your dream, even if your journey is full of surprises and setbacks. Joseph encountered some serious, intense surprises and setbacks on his journey. And by the way, when you come to this moment, and I call it a critical intersection, you come to what's called a critical intersection because how you interpret a setback is critical of whether or not you're going to move forward. In other words, it's like you come to a fork in the road. It's like, do I go that way or do I go that way? And this moment is called a setback. How do you interpret it? How do you perceive it? Yeah. So Joseph came to those many, not one, multiple. It's like over and over. There was a surprise. Didn't see that coming. Whoa, that's from left field. You ever been there before? By the way, that's where some of you are right now. You're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. So how do you respond? <clears throat> Surprise, setbacks. Think about Joseph's life. Some of you that maybe are familiar with the story, some of you are maybe 
you're not as familiar with this biblical account, let me just give you a little bit, all right? Just, just a little bit, just a little bit here. He was misunderstood by his family. Did he give up? The answer is no. Thrown into a pit, sold to slavery by his brothers. Did he give up? No. Forced to live as a slave in a strange country. Did he give up? No. Given favor in Potiphar's house. Go up. By the way, there's opportunities to give up or go up. If you make the right choice, you go up. If you make the wrong choice, you give up. And it's all based upon setbacks, surprises, and adversity. Well, this isn't God. This is too hard. I didn't think it was going to take this long. Aha! That's a give up opportunity or a go up opportunity. Targeted for seduction and falsely accused by Mrs. Potiphar. Did he give up? The answer is no. Thrown into prison for refusing her advances. Did he give up? The answer is no. Put in charge of the prison. Go up. Influence and adversity. Twins that run throughout the Bible. Man, I wish it wasn't like that. Put in charge of the prison. Go up. Forgotten by the butler. Did he give up? No. <laughs> Left in prison for years. Did he give up? No. Interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Go up. Wow. There's always an opportunity to give up or to go up. To give up because of adversity or to go up because of God's hand and his influence in your life. Joseph saves the whole region from starvation. Go up. By the way, if you study the life of Joseph, this is powerful Bible trivia. There's actually twice as many possible give-ups as go-ups. By the way, what caused Joseph to stay in the game? It's resilience. One of my favorite scriptures, I, I go over and over because it's such a God perspective scripture. But trusting God and and, and that's where some of you guys are right now. You're at that, you're at that intersection. Here's the intersection. Whom? Surprise. Whom? Circumstance. Whom? Adversity. Give up too hard or go up. I'm going to press through and God's going to elevate me. Which one is it? Romans chapter 8, verse 28, one of my favorite scriptures. And we know that all things, everyone say all things, work together for what? Come on, say it. Good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. I've said this, if you're new at the church, I've said this for 23 years, I'll continue to say it. I don't think, if, you're a, if you love Christ and you belong to Jesus, I don't think anything happens, watch this, to you, it only happens for you. That's a God perspective. Do you see life that way? Can you see life that way? I think our culture, our society, and yes, even ourselves, we put so much emphasis on what we're doing. I think we, we fail to see properly of what we're becoming. Question, do you like who you're becoming? I'm asking you that. And not what you're doing, but do you like the person you're becoming while you're doing? This was about Joseph becoming something more than just doing something. Becoming someone. So many times in, in our society, it's about, well, this person, this, they're an influencer. They've got this many people. They're so popular. Yeah, but when you peel it back, let's get real personal. When we lay our head on the pillow at night, are you at peace with yourself? Yes, of course, with God. That's number one. But when you look in the mirror, do you like the person you're becoming? 
So many times in our lives, I think we lose proper perspective. And by the way, by the way, trials and tribulation and setbacks and adversity, it actually reveals who we are. That's why James chapter 1 is so powerful when it says this. It says, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Who really does that? I'm going through a challenge. This is awesome. It's in the Bible. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your what? Come on, say it. Faith produces what? Say it. Let's talk about that word patience for a moment. People often confuse two words, perseverance and patience. Let me tell you what perseverance is. You read it? Here it is. Perseverance is not giving up. Let me tell you what patience is. Here it is. Ready for this? Trusting in God's timing and outcome. They're connected, but they're different. I remember my mom told me this as kids, you're the most persevering. I mean, you just couldn't kill me. It's like a little rubber ducky. The buoyancy. She goes, you're the most persevering, non-patient kid I know. Can I, tell you what, can I tell you what resilience is? It's actually a blend of three words, and they're all P. Here it is. Here's what resilience is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. It's perseverance, don't give up, patience, trusting in God's timing, and perspective, seeing life from God's view. Let me say it again. Did y'all get that? The reason why somebody gets up based upon life setback is not just the strength of will, but it's the strength of perspective. You bring God into it. I'm trusting God's timing. I'm trusting God's outcome. So it's, 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 it's a blend. Resilience, biblically, is a blend of, it's a blend of persistence. I'm not going to give up. Patience. I'm going to trust God's timing. Perspective. I'm seeing life from God's vantage point. Yeah. So don't give up on your dreams. Even, even when you experience setbacks. And disappointments. Let me give you one more. Y'all want one more? Anybody? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here it is. Here it is. Last one. Number four. Don't give up on your dream, even if you're hurt and offended. Joseph fulfilled his God-given dream because he chose to forgive. He refused to become bitter. He became better. He refused to swallow the bitter pill. We can clearly see from the lights of Joseph our response. I wrote this down in your notes. Our responses to offense, our response to offense determines our future. Let me say it again. Our response to offense. You, you know what I'm talking about. Some people that have been shipwrecked in their faith. Let me tell you, often the, the genesis of that. There was a disappointment that wasn't properly processed, that became an offense, and then it became a root of bitterness. But it began with a disappointment. And where are they today? They've been shipwrecked in their faith. Yeah. We, we have a choice, and the choice is simple. It's, it's simple, but it is painful. The choice is, do we release? By the way, here's what happened with Joseph. So he's in the little wagon. He ends up in Egypt. God blesses him, he goes to adversity. God influences him, he goes to adversity. In the end, he becomes the number two, the number two in all of Egypt. So there's a famine in Israel. 
There's a famine in that region. And guess who needed food? His brothers. His dad. Guess where they came? They came down to the bread line in Egypt. So Joseph's sitting there. He's overseeing the distribution. What do you need? What do you need? Okay, what, what do you need? What? And he sees him. Oh, my gosh. The last time he saw that face was when they were over him in the pit. Ha, ha, ha. And he's like, oh, my gosh. It's my brothers. And the Bible says he actually turns, and he goes, and he cries out. Joseph could have killed him. He could have imprisoned them. He could have starved them. But he walks back to him with tears in his eyes. And he tells him who he is. And he forgives him. I wonder how many times somebody stays stuck to their past or even the people of their past because they're unwilling to forgive. Oh, yeah. Oh, he had every right because of the injustice. That was the last time he saw those faces. He's in a pit. But he understood the bigger reality. The bigger reality is that if you don't forgive, you actually become like those that have hurt you. That if you don't, if you don't forgive, you actually swallow this poisonous pill. If you don't forgive, and oh, oh, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. It's not that it was easy, but it was so soothing when he did it. By the way, he had two kids, two, two more kids that are prophetic in nature, their names. This is so powerful. This is it. Genesis 41, verse 51. Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all of my toil and all of my father's house. Listen, listen. And the name of his second son, he called Ephraim. For God has called me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Manasseh means he's caused me to forget. Ephraim means fruitful in the land of my affliction. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. Listen to me. This is important. Every single one of us have experienced injustice. Every single one of us, something was promised that didn't come through. Somebody did something to us. So every one of us. But the person that fulfills their dream, uh, the person that, that crosses the finish line with their torch still lit, is the person that chooses. God has caused me to forget the bad. In other words, I, but, but I, I have, I've got I've to cooperate with God. God, I, 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 I release them. I forgive them. And by the way, feelings never come first. Feelings always follow a choice. You make a choice. I choose to forgive them. Joseph, I choose to forgive all of you. Oh, 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 by the way, by the way, when he was standing there that day, the dream was fulfilled. Yeah. Not only is God helping him to forget, but God says you're going to be fruitful in the land of your affliction. Fruitful. You're going to be fruitful. Some of you are right in the middle of adversity. God says, I'm going to make you fruitful right there. Right there. Last scripture. Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. But as for you, you meant evil against me. Guys, you meant evil. But, but, God meant it for good in order to bring it about as this day to save many people's lives. Can I say this? Joseph had not only persistence, not only patience, but he had a God perspective. 
And in that God perspective, he realized that the dream's being fulfilled. The day that his brothers were coming, guess what? They were bowing down to him that day, but he wasn't lording it over them. He realized that God had allowed that to position him to be able to save their whole family. To be able, can it be, could it be? Listen, could it be? That all of the adversity that you've gone through was to position you. No, God didn't do it, but God allowed it to position you to be able to save your family. Listen, to be able to help people. You want to redeem your pain? Use that pain as a platform to be able to help people. Use that. God, I don't understand everything. I don't know why I went through all that. I don't get all of it. But God, I'm going to use this platform to serve people. To help people, to care for people. You guys meant it for evil. I release you. I forgive you. But God meant it for good. And when I was 17, all the way all these years, I see it. I see it. I see it. Here, come get some food. Come get some food. Make sure dad. Get make sure get, get take as much as you want. Listen to me. Don't give up on the dream that God has placed in your heart. Stay with it because the fulfillment of your dream is related to you helping a whole lot of people. Come on, y'all receive that word today. Y'all receive that. Let me pray for you. I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads. Everyone at all of our locations right now, thank you, Jesus, for your presence right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're, your word speaks to us in the same way that Joseph chose to forgive. Even though he was treated unjustly, Jesus Christ, the perfect God-man, he chose to forgive. Even though he was treated unjustly, even though he was persecuted, even though he was lied about. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Let me ask you a question. Do you, are you right with God? Do you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you, but Jesus can are you right with God? You know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to count of three. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you at the moment, the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high so I can see it. God bless you, sir. God bless you right there. And you and you and you. God bless you. All of you up top, God bless. Anybody else, God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. God bless you, sir. God bless you right there. God bless you, man, right there. God bless you up top, my friend. God loves you and he cares about you. He brought you here today to tell you that. He's got a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Church family, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. This is a holy, holy moment in our service each week. Come on, let's pray with them. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this, say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this, say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people.
Wow, what an amazing message. If anything resonated with you today and you'd like to receive prayer, I wanna encourage you to engage in prayer. One of our, one of our chat hosts would, just, would love to connect with you and pray with you about anything at all. Yes, and if you are currently making a decision to give your life to Jesus today, I just want to say a big congratulations. You were made new, you were set free, you were forgiven and loved, and we are so excited to come alongside you as you start this new journey of following Jesus. And if you're watching this live, there's going to be some instructions on the screen or in the chat room where you can tell us a little bit more about yourself. We would love to hear your story and also um, lead you to some more resources as you start this new journey of following Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you've been following Jesus. You've been walking with God for a while. I want to encourage you to engage in next steps. Get in the game. Join join the church life. And we'd just love to see you there. We'll have instructions on the screen here. And we'd love to see you here with us at Next Steps. Yes, and we are so excited to see how God uses you as you make these next steps. And as for everyone, we can't wait to see you as we continue our series, Inside Matters. See you same time. Same place. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your week.